I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. It was a good series, man. <laughs> Listen, it was a good series. Um, I... Unlike everybody else, I... I'm not just going to jump out of my seat and say that was huge. Like, that needed to happen. You know? Um, so I'll take it. We have a lot of work to do. That was good. We needed that. If we were to take two out of three, no. I wouldn't be one of those. I'm not one of those guys who sits and settles. Like, we're at a point now where we need to dominate. And we did that. So I'm going to give them credit for that. Um, Hopefully we can keep it going. The Toronto Blue Jays, I'm... You know, I think they're a very mediocre team right now. I think they're overrated. I think they're good. They're on the ups. They're coming out of a rebuild. But I do think the hype is so much right now. They're not a very good team. They're very average. Much like us right now. But nonetheless, we needed to get going. We needed a confidence booster. And this series was exactly that. The Yankees picked up the win. Um, three games in a row, get the sweep, the bats look good, some guys are coming around, the pitching this series was fine, um, and uh, fundamentals were good, there was nothing egregious on the base paths, and defensively, you know, it was it was fine, it was a good series. Uh, Luke Voigt's coming back uh, Tuesday, I believe. Um, Britain's back. Cashman held a presser entering the series saying, you know, typical BS answers. Um, we traded Mike Ford to Tampa for cash and a player to be named later. You know damn well that on July 27th, Ford will hit a home run against us. That's a given. That's inevitable. Um... Full crowd tomorrow. That's cool. Yankees are 3-0 undefeated since Hoke got yelled at by Boone, who used the word frickin'. Um, the Blue Jays have terrible pitching in the Yankees sweep. That's that. I don't have too much to say. I'm just very... Like, I'm in a so-so like mood. Like, I'm... Like I'm I'm happy we swept, but like everybody, I feel like everybody's like, yes, that was huge. We need to keep, like, it was good, but we have a real team coming up in the Oakland days next. Um, hopefully we take that one. Hopefully we sweep. Like I want to, I want to start dominating. Like I'm done settling. <laughs> We've been so bad. Boring and average all season. That's being nice. That I'm, I'm ready to see us step on throats. The Oakland A's are not the Jays. The Oakland A's are an actual good team. 
They have 42 wins. They are at the top of their division, which is a division that consists of some good teams. Um, let's let's if you want to prove something, this wasn't the series to prove it. This was the series to get your confidence up. Proving shit, you're gonna have to do it against the Athletics tomorrow and this weekend. So that's this is the series I'll look like. Everybody else is like taking this series as a big okay that was a good test we passed no the test comes against the A's this was like a pre-warm-up if we were to get hot this is something we need the A's series is what I'm going to be looking at but yeah I'm, I'm going to give credit we picked up a nice a nice series win um I think I found the formula for this I think on days that I do not bet the Yankees are better I should keep track. I think I'm going to start keeping track because I very much feel like whenever I do not make a bet, whenever whenever I don't place any bets, whether that's an NBA bet, MLB bet, whatever kind of bet, the Yankees always end up doing better on nights that I don't make any kind of sports bets. I'm going to start keeping track of that. And it's pretty interesting. Maybe that's like a sign from God. RJ, stop freaking betting. I don't know. We have a guest tonight, guys. Um, earlier today, and earlier today, I mean earlier th- uh, Thursday, June 17th, Greg and I had a conversation. Greg is from Yankee Crazy Podcast. I've had Greg on the show once or twice before. Um, so we had a conversation earlier today before game three, before we picked up the sweep today. We had a conversation earlier today, so uh, it was you know on the Yankees, the state of the team. We talked for about 25, 30 minutes, so hope you guys enjoy that. We're going to get to that pretty soon, and then once we get back from that, we'll come back here, quickly, briefly recap the series, talk about some things, get to the NYY question, NYY, NYK question of the day, and we'll wrap it up from there. So it might be a quick episode. I'm just tired. I don't have the motivation to talk Yankees. It's unfortunate. It's like, it's this season has kicked the motivation out of me so much to where, like, a sweep doesn't even do it anymore. Like, if they were to get really, really hot, that's what it's going to take to get me to, like, be motivated again. But right now, I'm just, like, in a bleh state. Like, they need to do so much more for me to buy in. And um, that's kind of what we talked about, Greg and I. So, good good series. You know, I, I just, I'm trying, man. Give me, a, give me a break here. I'm really, really trying. All right. Anybody else still chew on ice? Or am I just a psychopath? <sighs> um. Yeah. Let's get to break. But first, if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, be sure to do that right now. You can find this podcast BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can watch this podcast on YouTube. Subscribe to us there. Comment. You can uh, rate and review this podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us a review. All that stuff, guys. Download the podcast. All that, please be sure to do. We do Yankees episodes every two... I'm sorry, every series. And we do Knicks episodes every two games when they are in season. So, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the blog that I write. I write a blog called It's My Opinion, where I recap every Yankees game and also every Knicks game when they are in season. Not in season right now, it's the off-season, so we're taking a break from the Knicks and the podcast, but occasionally throughout the off-season we will have some episodes. Um, But as far as the Yankees, yeah, we're busy right now. (laughs) Talking all season on them. Um, So, the podcast, the blog, if you want to follow me on my three social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter... All that information I just told you, it's on my link tree. So just go to linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. That will take you to my link tree, which displays the links to all that stuff I just said. Um, Yeah, thank you for stopping by. Once again, I am your host, RJ Carbone, episode 258 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees index analysis. Greg from Yankee Crazy Podcast will join us. So we're going to get to that. And when we get back from that, we'll recap the series. So let's get right into it, guys. Let's not waste any time. And let's dive right in. Be right back. And then once we get back, we'll get right into the episode. I can hear you. I I am so sorry, dude. Dude, no worries. Uh, I've had a fucking hell of a morning. <laughs> dude, don't stress. Don't stress at all, man. I um I luckily had a um I had a light day because of the heat. Yeah. So, so we're good, man. Don't don't stress for me. Guys are hitting one ten over there. What's that? Oh, oh, uh, one ten. <laughs> I thought you were talking about a batting average. Someone yeah, right. I mean, it's like, pretty much the same over here. <laughs> but yeah, we are hitting. Yeah, I think it's like one ten today. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah, it is. All right, I don't want to waste. I mean, I would, you know, talk, but might as well dive right into it because yeah. I know you got limited time. Yeah. So, yeah. how's this? Uh, Video. You're good. Your your setup's good. I'm good. Okay. I can see you and everything. So. Cool. Cool. Let me finish this. Yeah, man. Huh. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Like, I wanted to, to like vent and rant. <laughs> and so it's like I don't know what I don't know what to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And it's like we come off of where it looked so dismal, the losses getting swept and, you know, you, you kind of knew they were going to do this. Like that's yes. the way the season is, has been. It's like, yes, looked horrible, terrible. The season's over. And then they grind out these two wins, which were, they were really gritty performances. I thought those, they, they guys showed up where, you know, the other day, 
game, I think it was game one against the Jays. Yeah, it was game one because they put up four runs or three runs in the fourth. Yeah. And I felt like it was, oh, here we go again. Same old story. They're going to they're gonna drop this game. But then they come back. They win it. Last night, obviously, Gary Sanchez comes up huge with that home run. And that now you're like, oh, wait a minute. They just beat the Blue Jays, who have such a, a really good offensive team, AL East foe. And now you're like, all right, well, what's yeah. going to happen? Where, where is this team going? <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's so bizarre because – the Blue Jays just, I mean, before this series, they just dropped 18 runs on Boston in yeah. a game. And then the Yankees, on the other hand, just got swept by the Phillies. They swept by the Boston. They, they you know, they were not doing good. And it's it's two games, so I'm not going to take that and run with it. But, like, right. we, I guess, like, like I was texting you, we, we kind of have, like, 20-something games between now and the deadline to figure out what we want to do. And so guys are getting hot offensively, which is a good indicator. Like you had, you know, you got DJ bunch of multi-hit games in the last week. Um, Obviously Gary is, you know, existing now. Um, He's hot. Andujar looks good. Um, So guys are hitting even, even uh, what's Brett Gardner is coming along a little bit. Right. So if, if that can happen, and if we can run off, like, I don't know, keep winning seven of our next ten until the deadline, maybe you're talking about buying. You know, I, I don't know. What do you think about this whole seller-buy thing that's been r- running out there around the fan base? Yeah, I, I think you're right that it's this, before the All-Star break, it, I think is make or break. And... Like you said, some of these guys are starting to come around. So, you know, maybe this is going to continue and they're actually going to show up and, you know, pitching might go back to being pretty solid like we had that nice streak of. And this, uh, before the All-Star break, is going to be telling what happens. And I guess the big indicator will be how many games back they are. You know, if all of a sudden they're at – who knows? Maybe they're at 11 games back and then they say, okay, that's it. Scrap the season and sell. Or maybe Boston starts to fade. Maybe the Rays go on a little bit of a losing streak and Yankees are three and a half games out, you know? And then you're like, wait a minute, we're, we're in this. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of different ways it could go. And then, you know, I was thinking about the Nationals, the year they won the World Series, they were a mess before the All-Star break and then turned it around and they, you know, obviously win the World okay. Series. So, I don't know, Cashman might have that in his mind, saying, well, if they could do it, we could do it. And um, it, this will be a really interesting next 20 games. Oh, hell, oh, absolutely. I am very intrigued to see what's going to happen here. I, you know... I'm sure, like I, I, I really want them to win. I want to root for them to win, and I would love to get into that scenario. I don't see it. Like I just don't see. Because remember, our goal in the end every year is supposed to be getting to the World Series. Right now, we're trying to get to the playoffs, so we we are miles behind. And yeah, it'd be great if we ran off. You know, 
don't know, 10 of our la- of our next 15, 15 of our next 20, whatever it is until the deadline and stuff. If we got hot, that's great. I still, like, in the back of my mind, is like, do we have what it takes? Does everybody's just so up and down? Like, you don't know. Like, we don't get everybody connecting at, at once. Like, if this guy's hot, that guy's hot. If Judge is hot, Stanton's hurt. And if mm-hmm. Stanton's hot, Judge might be hurt. And if the offense gets going all together, then the rotation's going to start to regress a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm for it, of course. But, like, I just don't – there's so many question marks to me. Um, yeah. But what do you think – I, I want to touch on the rotation really quick. Do you think the rotation – because Garrett Cole obviously pitched last night. I haven't been following it too much, but obviously it relies on him. But what do you think about the whole spider tech thing? Oh, man. You know, I don't know if you saw uh, – I guess it was after last night's game. He got I saw in, the interview. And, yeah, he was – he seemed to be getting pretty emotional about yeah. the whole being in control of where pitches are going and the real possibility that – someone could get hurt. Now, you kind of, you know, then it brings up the question, well, what's been going on for the past couple of years? Is the ball slippery all of a sudden? Like, what were guys using this in the past? And it's just what's been going on? Or is it, you know, they talk about the seams being different on the baseball and, and MLB manipulating that. So, yeah. You know, I can understand a lot of times that when they say it's it's cold early in the season and you need a little something and, you you know, they're rubbing up the baseballs to try and get that little bit of a grip. Um, I, you know, it, it's tricky because, you know, spider tech, is it technically a uh, foreign substance, as they call it? Yeah. And if you're going to be, uh, you know, upright as a league and say, okay, no one's using illegal substances of any kind, whether it's PODs or using something on the ball, then you say it's got to be outlawed. Or do you say, uh, you know, how can you measure how much of this substance they're actually using to just grip the ball or give themselves a little bit of an edge? You know, the whole thing with, um, you know, back in the day when guys like, um, who was it, Phil Necro used to, you know, used to like go to the hat and they would always say he'd have like Vaseline on it to make the ball have a little bit more on this side and make it spin differently. Like, how do you, how do you quantify and say, all right, you guys could use this much spider tack for the game. Like, you know, it, right. it, it's almost like all or nothing, maybe. Right. Um, I don't, I, I hate it, obviously, that Garrett Cole has become the center of this because then everyone's, you know, all of a sudden now it's the spin rate, like, Oh, look at his spin rate. It dropped from last week. And, you know, David Cohn was talking about how this is something we've never had before in baseball to even know uh, what these spin rates are. And now he's really under the microscope. So I feel bad for him, especially that it sounds like a lot of guys have used this. And, um, you know, when his spin rate drops, it's a, it, it kind of is an indicator like, oh, did he not use any on this last game? You know, yeah. he has an off game. It's just a mess. And I wish I knew how to um, be able to make it fair and make it safe so that the ball isn't slipping out of somebody's hand and uh, guys getting beamed, you know? Yeah, no, like you said, 
Like it's he's gonna be under a microscope so much from now until the rest of the year. Like he's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I I, I still think he could be an ace with or without it, whatever they decide to do. I still think he'll go out there and pitch like an ace. I think mm-hmm. the question becomes, can he be a top notch ace, like right. best in bait, like a top three pitcher in the game? Right. Or is he just gonna be a very, very good p- pitcher? Like there's a difference. So that's yeah. what I'm very curious to see. Um, and like you said, Cohn was saying last night the RPMs were down on the on the spin. Um, but if he can still go out there and give you eight innings of two run ball with or without uh, without the spider tack, I'll take it. I mean, yeah. But it's yeah. they were showing. I, I don't know if you saw, but I was watching WFAN. It was Carton and and uh, Evan Roberts and Craig Carton. Mm-hmm. They bought spider tack into the studio and they were oh, messing yeah. around with it. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, man, it helps. Like they were. They had the ball. They, they used a wiffle ball with it, and it wouldn't come off their hands. Oh, um, yeah. They were throwing wow. footballs with it, and it, they, all they had to do was put their hand up, and it just stuck. I wow. looked it up on Amazon. I think I sent you this picture. Yeah, somebody had like a cinder block on it, so yes. it's it's legit. This shit isn't. It's not just for grip. Like this is to manipulate yeah. the spin. So yeah. that's where it becomes a thing. So hope. I mean, pine tar, all that stuff has been used forever. But yeah. I think when it comes like this level, when you're using something this um, drastic, then you have to kind of tone it down. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, Tyler Glass now has been one of the people affected by it. He said he, he got hurt because of it, the pitcher for the Rays. Right. Um, obviously, Trevor Bauer is one of those guys who's not afraid to admit that he uses a bunch of shit. So, yeah. It's something to keep an eye on. It's something I think is definitely going to affect Garrett Cole. I just, I'm not, it's up in there. You know, we're going to see how, how much it does, I guess, from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. And I, I hope they find a way to make it fair and let these guys have grip. Maybe, maybe they start putting something on league baseballs that you know that show up at the stadium that i don't know with science now i'm sure you could add a little bit more of a grip somehow and just make it a fair playing field and then outlaw everything if anybody gets caught after that you say all right you're whatever getting suspended or 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 fined etc um you know maybe that makes a, a fair playing field who knows right man we'll see um now how much longer? We'd be like 10 minutes. But I wanted to, real quick, you know, when everybody, whenever the Yankees are on a, a losing streak and whenever things are going really bad, it's obviously everyone, everyone wants to call for everybody else's head. Yes. If we continue to lose, if we don't get hot and this two game, you know, win streak we're on doesn't sustain and it's, we just continue to be what we've been all year. And by the deadline, we're like you said, 10 or 11 out and, barely 500 or something like that. Do you make a change upstairs? Do you make a change in management? What would you do if you're, if you're GMing or if you're, you know, in control of the Yankees, are you making a decision anywhere managerial or general manager? What are you doing? Well, if they get to be, let's just say, like you said, let's say they're 11 games out. Right. And 
at that point, you know, become sellers, try and try and scrap together all everybody who's got some value and use it to get some younger players. At that point, I don't know, you just keep the manager in place. Um, it's almost like, uh, you know, what's, what's that really going to do at that point if you're becoming a seller? Um, I don't love Aaron Boone this year. Um, I think he was, it was really telling as much as I want to say, get rid of Aaron Boone. Um, and one of the big reasons why, and I, you know, I know people say, well, he's not out on the field, but he is managing the team. And right. you are there, you are the leader. If K Brian Cashman is pulling the strings and doing everything else and he's just a puppet that game against man who was it was it was it boston where he didn't come out of the uh, yeah. dugout or I, I can't remember what game it was it was boston yeah right yeah with odor when they have that yeah two horrible pitches and meanwhile phil nevin's coming out and you know phil nevin and him are friends and i know he probably was trying to like protect boom from not getting ejected but you got to get out there and get ejected. You got to show your players. And then Aaron Judge the next day had that uh, quote about saying that he loved to see the fire of Phil Nevin, and you want to see your coaches do that. I don't know. That was kind of a little bit of a um, a backhanded um, insult that Boone wasn't out there, and that just shows me like, are you giving up? Like. You know, where was he? You know, the quote, savage is in the box. Yeah. You know, this is a game against your arch rivals when you guys are on the decline and you're not running out of that dugout. My goodness. I, so <laughs> I'm getting heated about Boone. But getting back to it, um, as much as I want to get rid of him for that, if you're becoming sellers at the deadline, it's like, ah, keep him in place. Get all the other people, like I said, with some value um, and just ship them out and see if you can get some young talent and just retool it and say, mm -hmm. all right, 2021 is a, is a lost season and we'll just do our best to plan for 2022. Yeah. I yeah. love what you said on Boone because that's what gets me annoyed. Anytime anybody starts giving Boone some criticism, there are always the select few people who are like, well, it's on the players. It's on the players at that point. What does the manager do then? What's he there for? Why is he there? If it's always going to be on the players, then why is there a manager? Right. Like there's a manager for a reason. If these guys were still, you know, if they made those these defensive mistakes and these base running mistakes, if they stopped after April and we fixed it, that's great. But when this, like, these fundamental errors we're making in the middle of June keep happening, yeah, that's on the manager because he has to make sure and hold these guys accountable that they're not going to continue to make these mistakes. That's what a manager is. He's got to make sure and hold these guys accountable. You're not yeah. going to run hard down the line. You're going to sit. You're going to yeah. continue to make errors. You're going to sit a day. Somebody else is going to come in and take your place. You're not producing. I'm going to put somebody else in there. I feel like there is a lot a manager can do to get his team fired up. Go out there. You know, Marcus Timms got thrown out. Or uh, the other yeah. guy, Mendoza, was was barking at him. Yeah. Nevin got thrown out. We see it a lot. And Boone just doesn't have it. And to make matters worse, in the postgame pressers, every single time we lose, we're going to turn it around. We're close. Yeah. We're turning the page. That's yep. what bothers me. He's a really nice guy. He is. But in terms of being a leader, the guy I want leading the New York Yankees, the evil empire, that's not the guy I want. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You need someone with a little bit of fire, and maybe you're not going to be calling them out uh, in the media. But 
you better damn well be in that clubhouse and yeah. giving guys the business and saying, you know, which I don't see him doing. I see him as this, you know, when when AJ Hinch, you know, <laughs> didn't really win the World Series, but when the Astros <laughs> yeah. did, right. and then the Yankees were like, oh, great, we got to get there. we got to get a, a players manager. You know, we need someone yeah. who's going to be oh nice to everybody because Joe Girardi wasn't. He was a little mean. You know, these guys can't take it because they're soft. No. You need someone who's going to be a little bit of a jerk. Yeah. You know, th this isn't this isn't kumbaya. Uh, you know, everybody get along and everything be perfect. This is a, a big business, which the Yankees should know. They make tremendous amounts of money, and you, they should know that you need someone to go in there and be a little bit harsh. And and you know, and I, th I think Boone doesn't have it, and I think no. that was a mistake by the Yankees to want someone in there to play nice yeah. with everybody. <laughs> and the thing is like, it's nobody's asking him to go out there and be Billy Martin, but like <laughs> just show some kind of urgency a little bit more. Now don't just sit yeah. there and continue to, to read your book of cliches, but like <laughs> do some stuff here be show anger like he used the, he used the word freaking the other day in his post-game presser and everybody was like wow wow aaron boots like that that should show you how you know laid back he is if we're yeah. going nuts over that yeah um, yeah what do you think and, and so i i do think a lot of it is on managing i i do think he's been bad um to his expectations and i also think though he doesn't deserve all the blame because the way this roster is constructed, Brian Cashman, it's not, it's not the best recipe for long-term success. You have, a, you've got a lot of guys with track records of, of getting injured. A lot of guys who are very prone yeah. to striking out. Um, we got so many guys playing out of position. We don't even have a left fielder. Uh, we don't have a first baseman naturally. It, it is so bizarre just the, the way we're constructed here. So what's your opinion on yeah. the job that Cashman has done and, and the roster construct? I would like to hear your take on that real quick. Yeah, I think, you know, who was it? Was it, um, I know in the press, was it when the Yankees played the Red Sox that Sunday night, A-Rod uh, had talked about Yankee Stadium forever, you know, with the short porch and right. Yes, the lefty. Left, left-handed batters. And that's the way they have been constructed. And they, they've blown it on that. They, they don't have that power bat lefty. It's, you know, it's, it's all right-handed batters besides, you know, you had Hicks, who is out. You got the captain, Rugi. Yes. <laughs> left-handed yes. Um, And you got Brett Gardner. And it's like, really? Is that, that what you guys have done? And, and they should have gone out. You know, you look at those teams. I always go back to... The, you know, the dynasty years of the 90s when Joe Torre was there and how right. balanced that lineup was with lefties and switch hitters and righties. And that is what you need. And to go out and construct this team just like, oh, yeah, we can get a really good deal on Giancarlo Stanton when maybe we don't really need him. Sure. Yeah, get it. Because he's a bargain. You know, it's, it, it's, it's not... I don't know. Brian Cashman can be very, very good at making deals and getting some players. And then all of a sudden a guy like Gio Urshela out of nowhere. And it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, Cashman, the magician did Good that. Even. Here he comes. But overall you look at Cashman, you know, yeah. hasn't been a world series since 2009. You haven't built 
a balanced lineup, like we just talked about with a big, a few big left-handed bats you should have in that order. And his starters, his starters like you, you know, I always think about what you said. It's, it's, you know, you, you say, oh, this is the ceiling that could be, but, but it's the very floor low. Is really low. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know, I love that expression that you came up with yeah. on that because it's so true. And it's, it's like, he just rolls the dice with these guys and it's yes. like, ooh, he could have a great year, but he could be horrible. And I don't know, Brian Cashman for all of like those really good deals, there's been a lot that haven't worked. And look at this team. It's proof that, you know, even though these are the nice two wins he's uh, has grinded out, I think the same problems are going to come up, whether it's August or maybe they squeak into the playoffs and it's another first round exit. So I, I think, you know, as much as they say, you know, with uh, a manager that the message isn't getting through and you got to make a change, I think you got to get a new GM, GM in there to start building this balanced uh, order and lineup that is conducive to Yankee Stadium. So I, I think, I think he's, he's really got to go. And I don't even know what kind of contract he has or when it's up, but Got to make a change, uh, you know, unless Hal Steinbrenner just loves him and is like, he's the GM for life or something, you yeah. know, which makes me think that could be the case because, you know, yeah. he should be in the hot seat as well as, you know, probably more than Aaron Boone because, you know, Cashman has constructed this team. Boone hasn't. And you look at, you know, Hal's given him $200 uh, million to work with every offseason. Mm -hmm. And to, to put a product like this out there, and you look at teams like Tampa Bay, they don't yeah. have a huge payroll. Look at the San Diego Padres. They don't have a huge payroll. All these teams, low market, but they're, they have young talent who is hungry to yeah. win, and they built a team based off of defense, pitching, and they get those timely hits. So I agree. I think it's on a little bit of everything. You can blame Cashman. You can blame Boone. You can blame the players. I really think it evenly spreads. I don't like to – like, everybody likes to point it at one person. I think yeah. it really goes all around. You can make so many cases for so many different guys in the organization. Um, so, hopefully we get hot. Hopefully, hopefully we get hot. Yeah. I, just, I just don't know, man. I'm not – you know, I'm not, like, trying to jump too far ahead. Um, but, yeah, we'll see, dude. We'll see. Exactly. That. <laughs> that is it with this team. You have to say, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, in some weird, crazy way, I was thinking, you know, if they lose and become sellers at the deadline and bring some young guys up and just say, go out there, let's see what happens. That could be exciting. It could be horrible too, <laughs> at times, but maybe it's exciting. Like the way you know, 2017 turned out to be a little bit unexpected and, you know, Yankees uh, outperformed what they were really supposed to do. We'll see. I don't know. Easy, easy for me to sit here and, and tell these guys how to run a team. But one of the things, uh, one, one point I just want to make is something that you had brought to my attention was about the culture of this team. And the culture, you know, it starts at the top. And, you know, uh, Hal Steinbrenner is not his father. Not that I think George Steinbrenner was perfect, but he wanted to win. George Steinbrenner wanted to win. For all yes. his flaws and, like, ridiculous things he did, the guy wanted to win. 
and he set a standard in there of winning. You know, he should have never played GM, and we saw when he was not playing GM how how great of a team they constructed, but he set the tone. He said, we are winning. It's World Series or bust, and Hal Steinbrenner's like, we make a big profit or bust. <laughs> that is his. That is his bottom line. <laughs> Where do you think, think he is right now? You think he's on a beach, in a yacht? Oh, yeah, he's probably in his mansion in Hawaii, uh, <laughs> sipping a cocktail and going, "How many games out are we?" <laughs> Who are the Yankees? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So that's why I think like major overhaul of of everything. But Hal Steinbrenner, he he owns the team and he's not changing it and. Unfortunately, I think, uh, you know, he wants to stay in that luxury tax. And I think you don't have to go over that to have winning teams like you brought up, like what the Padres are doing now and what the Rays right. seem to do every year. But get better people in charge and whether that's – I don't know anything about the management and how it's constructed, but, um, you know, as a team, maybe it needs a whole management culture behind the scenes overhaul. Maybe you need the GM out of there. You've got to get some new blood in there who are hungry and they want to win, you know? Not, not that I think the current people don't want to win, but I don't know. Maybe there's some complacency where Cashman's like, ah, I got a job. I can, I can try and do some things, but right. ah, we don't win a World Series. We don't win a World Series, you know? I Yeah, real quick. I, I don't think it's that they don't want to win. I just think it's they have a very entitled mentality. They they think yeah. to themselves, we have some switch that we could just turn on when we want, and we'll get hot eventually. And you know, let's just wait until the playoffs. I think that's what their mentality is. I don't exactly think it's that they don't care. I just think it's it's yeah. they think they're bigger than what they are. You know, right, right. I think everybody cares on some level, but I right. think if you made some changes, you could get people in there who are really hungry. Like, yeah. you know, the way teams get in, uh, you know, bottom of the ninth in the playoffs type hungry, not the, oh, okay, we did the best we could and we are trying to win, but, you know, you gotta, sometimes you need the new blood in there and you need to make a change. Focus so. level's not always there. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, dude, thank you for coming on last minute. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we got this done. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Always love talking Yankees with you. And let's hope for the best. Let's hope this turns around to be an amazing season after this. All right. Greg Gill, Yankee Crazy Podcast. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, Rob. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Let me hit stop. All right. So... Uh hope you guys enjoyed that conversation, by the way. Greg is becoming a frequent guest. I think we've had him, this might be the third time. To us, that's frequent. We don't have guests often, so. Um, yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. It was last minute, too. Like, literally, I, I just came home from work. He had to go back out to do something. And we found a small window in between for about 25 minutes to record. So it was good. Um, game one. Let's let's get to game one of the series. Yankees take the 6-5 to five win. Abysmal start, right? You had Jordan Montgomery loading up the bases um, on straight-up walks with no outs. Um, he gets out of it. 
just one sack fly was all that happened against them. So it was one nothing Jays. But the Yankee Bats woke up. They got a good collective effort from their pen. Um, but yeah, they were down 5-2 to two at one point. So it looked pretty brutal. Uh, but they tie it in the second inning. Take the lead in the fourth inning. Um, bottom of the fourth comes. You have Monty walking Joe Panic. Then he surrenders two singles in a row. That loads the bases again. Pass ball scores a run. Then he leaves a changeup up to Bichette. That ends up being a two-run single. Five to two Jays. But then the Yankees make their run. Ryu in his final inning of work. The Yanks kind of get to him a little bit. Gio with a single. Gary a double after a home run earlier in the game. Miggy the RBI ground out. Later in the game, Gardner home runs off of Castro. Then you have DJ with a double. He scores on a wild pitch to Aaron Judge in the inning. Then you have Clint, right? You've got the lefty Gardner up, but he gets pinch hit with the righty Clint Frazier. Now, Gardner, Gardner was hot. And you had to know that um, Montoya was going to counter when he saw Clint coming in as the righty to bring in the right-hander. But Boone didn't do it, didn't care. And he pinch hits Gardner. I, I, it was a move I questioned. I'm not going to lie. But it ends up paying off. Clint gets the big double down the line. Two runs come across. The Yankees take a, um, a, uh, what was it, a 6-5 to five victory, I said. Yeah. So, a good win. Um, good solid victory. Yankee bats came alive again. Nine hits, six walks, seven strikeouts. So, good, efficient, explosive performance. To score their six runs. That was the first game of the set. Uh, second game. Another, you know, good game. A quiet offensive performance, but the Yankees win nonetheless 3-2. to two. Um, Not much happened. Uh, you had Cole pitch a great game. Eight innings, two runs, four strikeouts. So, Cole was saying the RPMs were still a little bit down. You could tell... Two, if you watch the game, Cole didn't have the control he usually has. His command was way off. Um, he was having a hard time gripping the ball. You could see it, and he said it. Yeah, if you watch the post game interview, he was he was getting like emotional about it, man. He was talking about how, for Pete's sake, we need we need better grips, and he wants the MLB. To talk to these guys. He wants a conversation. About this new sticky substance rule. That the MLB implanted. And I don't know man. I'm trying not to. I, I just. I fucking hate when one story becomes so big. And everybody starts talking about it. It's just. I just. Just don't cheat. How about that? Don't cheat. And you won't be become. You won't become so used to cheating. Where it's like annoying. You know, maybe if you didn't cheat to begin with, you wouldn't be so obsessed with cheating that it bother you when you didn't cheat. Like, just don't cheat. That's my take. And I really don't give a shit to talk about this whole thing. I'm annoyed enough as it is. Just don't cheat. I'm sorry. Um, but maybe they'll figure it out. <laughs> um, the Yankees win this one, though. They, they've got another good pinch hit decision. Uh, Aaron Boone... Didn't start Gary. Despite the big game before. 
but he pinch hits Gary for Higgy later in the game. Gary gets the big home run, and then he makes a big play later in the uh, after that when when Chapman pitches uh, ground ball to Chapman, he goes home right away. But Sanchez guns down the runner at third for a big out. So Sanchez had a good game coming in late, playing the rest of the uh, the game three or four innings from there, and providing the big boost. That was the second game of the set. Third game of the set, Yankees pick up the victory, 8-4. to four. Um, So this was the sweep in Buffalo. Michael King pitched uh, decently, like he usually does. He's never outstanding. He's just bleh. Um, man, we need a fifth starter badly. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> shit. Yankees turned a crazy triple play in this one. <laughs> to get him out of trouble. Um, it was their second triple play this season. Almost their third, because didn't they have one? Didn't they almost have another one a few weeks ago or something? That they overturned or some shit like that? I don't know, but this was a really odd triple play. It was a, I wrote it down. It was a 1 3 6 2 5 6. A 1 3 6 2 5 6 triple play. Just awful, awful base running by the Blue Jays. And good fundamental, good fundamentals with the Yankees defensively. Got to give them credit. They they, they, they executed, so give them credit. Um, Gio Urshela hits a home run in the third. 3 nothing Yankees. Game is eventually tied in the fifth inning. Then the Jays take a lead 4-3 to three when you had Gary... Let's the ball past him. Runners go into scoring position. Then Chad Green gives up a big hit. Four to three Jays. Um, but then Stanton gives New York the lead in the seventh with a big home run that he knew was out. He hit it. He just it almost looked like he thought it was foul, but he he but he just did the stare. He knew it was fair. He knew it was a home run. He knew it was a blast. But the way he looked at it, it made me think, oh, was it a foul or something? Because he just stood there and just like looked. Then he started walking. <laughs> he just like pimped it so nonchalantly that it made it look like it was foul or something. Uh, but a big fucking home run. Gives the Yanks the lead in the seventh. Uh, then you get Chris Gittens, a big pinch hit. Was it a single or a double? I don't know. But it was a two-run hit um, in the seventh inning later on. So another big move by Boone, pinch hitting there. He was three for three with his pinch hits this, this series. So give credit. And, um, yeah, Gittens later on, a sack fly button. Oh, Judge, in the bottom of that seventh inning, robs, uh, was it Biggio of that home run? One of the better catches, one of the better catches I've seen Judge make, um, in the regular season, at least, of his career. Here's that catch significant catch he made against Cleveland in the uh, 2017 ALDS and um, but this was a, this was an impressive catch Chris getting sack fly in the ninth Britain closes it out tonight and that was it the Yankees win so yeah again a good series uh, good fundamentals offense continues to show some life we scored five plus runs now in seven of our last nine games. Gary is hot. Gio has it going. DJ has it going. 
Guardy is hitting. Stanton has gotten it together again. Judge is on a little bit of a cold spell, but I'm sure he'll be fine. Odor is somehow still on this team and not on the moon. Um, who else? Clint Frazier. Interesting how he got the big double. Hasn't played since. His future is bleak with this team. I'm starting to think the Yankees just aren't going to play him anymore. And Miggy's doing a serviceable job. You know, he's kind of Wally Pippen, another guy. <laughs> um, that whole thing has been fucking crazy, hasn't it? You got Brandon Jury. Then he gets Wally Pipped by Miggy, who gets Wally Pipped by Geo, who now Miggy is Wally Pipping somebody else who started this whole Wally Pippin thing. Fucking weird. Um Yeah, Gary's hot. Gary's really hot. Had a nice hit tonight. Like I've been saying, if he sits around two thirty, if he gives me an OPS around eight hundred I will take that from a catcher. That's elite. Um, I saw some moron on Twitter say it's not shocking that Gary's hitting well because he's always been an elite hitter. And I just fucking lost it laughing. <laughs> some people say some crazy shit. I'll tell you, social media has... Ex- like there, there have always been stupid human beings in this world, but social media has exposed that. Oh my, now you could say something completely stupid and people on social media will just say some bullshit sentence to make it sound like they're back, like they're back in their statement with like, God, people are so fucked. Like analytics have fucked people into thinking stupid shit. (laughs) He's not, he's been a terrible hitter. We're, but like, if you're an analytics guy, you don't believe in anything competent. Like, you just, like, a lot of those analytics people don't believe in hot. They don't believe in clutch. They don't believe in coming through in moments. Like, it's fucking bad. And they think that hitting 140 is is elite. And they say that he was only hitting bad because he got hurt. It's all bullshit. If you're, that's fucking bullshit. The bottom line is he was not good for a long time. You know, he had, after his first two seasons, he had that really bad year. You can't sit there and tell me that every single year outside of having a good year, he was hurting the entire time too. Fuck. People are so stupid. He's having a good stretch right now and I will give him credit but to tell me he's always been an elite hitter that's probably showing your age that's probably showing that you're most likely under the age of 25 most likely under the age of 20 I'd even go um can't fix stupid listen he's good uh, I'll take it if he sits around 23800 I will most likely take it I don't fucking know what else to say it was a good series. Oakland is next. They are very good. This will be a series I take serious. Uh, but the Yankees did need this one for some optimism. And they need the next series, though, for legitimacy. So we'll see. Still stand by what I said. I completely stand by what I said. No settling. It's time to get really hot. And like I said, entering the series, 
coming into Buffalo, I said of these next 25 games, I would like the Yankees to go 17-8. and eight. I'm pushing them to, to really get hot here, but they unfortunately put themselves in that position. So right now, to go 17-8, and eight, we are off to a 3-0 start. So can't get any better than that. Good, solid series. Gary Sanchez, not an elite hitter, but having a really good stretch. Hopefully he can be back to being an elite hitting catcher, which is different from being an elite hitter. Um, and that's that. Good series for the Yankees. Let's head to break. When we get back from break, we'll get to our NYY, NYK question of the day. And that'll be that from there. Because I'm just tired and I just don't feel like talking about the Yankees for much longer. I'm sorry. Get really hot and maybe I'll get excited again. But good, solid series to start. We'll see what happens. Be right back. Alright, so last time out, in episode 257, our NYY NYK question of the day. Which Yankee was the first rookie to make an MLB All-Star game? The hint was he went 0 for 5 in that game. Don't know how much of a hint that was, but the answer to that question, which Yankee was the first rookie to make an MLB All-Star game? Joe DiMaggio. Yes, in 1936, at age 21 years old, Joe DiMaggio was the first rookie to make the All-Star Game. Now, tonight's NYY NYK question of the day. Episode 258, sponsored by Anchor. Best way to make a podcast? Go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app. Which Yankees slugger set an MLB record when scoring 177 runs in the 1921 season? Alright, so one last time. Which Yankees slugger set an MLB record when scoring 177 runs in the 1921 season? So let me know the answer on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You could either comment the answer once I publish the promo to this podcast or the link. Or you can DM me the answer. And I'll give you a shout out on the next podcast episode we have. Which will be after this A-series this weekend. So I hope everybody enjoy this episode. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, be sure to do that. Subscribe to the blog where I recap the Yankees and Knicks every game. Yankees are in season right now, so we're just doing the Yankees. 
Um, but we will start talking Knicks somewhat in the summer. Um, you know, talking some off season. I'm just in mourning right now. I need a break. <laughs> but um, that's it. So thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Follow this. Uh, subscribe to this podcast, the blog. Follow my social media. Thank you so much for all of it. I appreciate you tuning in. This is episode 258, 258 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. I'm signing out. I'll see you later. Next time. Ciao. What? I'll see you next time. Ciao.